Good afternoon and welcome to SWAT Radio. It is August 28th, and yes, we are in the middle of hurricane season as we've got uh, a hurricane coming up, I guess, from the Gulf, and uh, we're going to keep an eye on it. I I hope you don't overreact, though. I saw lots of people getting gas and water like it's a Category 5 already about an hour away, so no need to panic. But you do want to take precautions. It is that time of year, and uh, definitely want to keep an eye on it. But don't be like Brad sometimes. Brad, uh, who's normally sitting across from me, uh, he's not here today, but he, he, he says when the hurricanes come, he sits there for eight hours glued to the TV, watching it go like one inch at a time on the map. And uh, so just uh, know that... Uh, you know, uh, God's in control of the water. He's in control of the hurricane. He's in control of all that stuff. And uh, be wise and plan, but uh, no need to panic. Just uh, pay attention. But it is August 28th. I've been gone for a week, and I'm glad to be back. Jeremy, I missed you while I was up there. I was up in North Georgia with a bunch of SWAT guys, some law enforcement guys up there uh, actually at uh, at a retreat had a great time and uh, it was a great because we got to do some manly things and uh, we got to do some uh, spiritual battle buddy stuff and it was really good and one of the guys that was up there who was a SWAT guy for for a while now five six years uh, I asked him to come in today because I knew Brad wouldn't be here and I knew this would put him on the spot to ask <laughs> him to come in but he's a former marine uh, are you ever really a former Marine? You're kind of a Marine forever, aren't you, really? Yeah, that's why we say former, though, not ex. Yeah, well, so anyway, he, he served in the Marine Corps. He's also in law enforcement, and uh, he's uh, my good friend and brother, uh, Steve Vereen. Steve, welcome to SWAT Radio. Appreciate you having me. Yep, and we were up in uh, Georgia together. It was your second time up there. Yep, two uh, years ago uh, this year. Yeah, and uh, for somebody out there listening uh who is out there who's never been away with a bunch of guys doing guy stuff and then also talking about jesus talk about the value of that in a man's life the value of getting away with other men that follow jesus or desire to follow jesus um it's it's almost i don't know if you could put a measure on it but um you know like i told you the first night we were there uh the shooting is great, uh, you know, getting out guns and, and shooting as fast as we're taught to do there was phenomenal, but um, really having that fellowship in the mornings and the evenings um, is where I felt the most growth and was where I felt the most value, uh, and it gives me the ability to uh, just come back home and just have that much more confidence trying to leave my home, leave my family. Yeah, uh, that's and you know, I want to clarify something because I know um, uh, we had an un- a really tragic uh, event on Saturday. Uh, a guy went in, and uh, again, when a guy with a gun wants to do bad stuff, it's very bad. Mm-hmm. 
And that's why we should never take away the right of people who want to use guns responsibly to protect life. Um, and, and I know that's an ongoing debate. You and I were talking yep. about it before the program, how everybody jumps on board and says, just got to get rid of guns. Yeah. Guns are a neutral tool, like a hammer, mm-hmm. uh, like a knife or a, uh, it, whatever you want to call it. It's their guns are not evil. Guns are simply a tool. And in the hands of people that responsibly use them, they can protect life and it can be a neutralizer for somebody who's, let's say, let's say, I, I know I, I, when I teach my concealed classes, sometimes mm-hmm. I share a story of an 80 year old woman who uh, lived alone and a six, three, 200 pound guy came in. She had no way to defend herself, yeah. no way to protect herself. And a gun would have simply been a neutralizer in the effects of this six foot three, 200 pound guy that meant her harm. And he ended up murdering this lady. Yeah. I could have definitely leveled the playing field at least. Yes. And so uh, they're, they're neutral, but you have people that want to strip away the right that we have right now. And that's the first step in every country out there that has gone from a democracy to a dictatorship is they take away the ability of people to defend themselves uh they take the guns away and it's it's just something that happens so not to belabor that point but just it was tragic what happened it was evil i mean it was just wrong for for anybody to go in uh and to want to do uh harm to somebody else uh because of their skin color it's just it's it's a terrible thing and we, we uh, pray for the families that lost loved ones there. It, it was awful. And we condemn that. It's just a terrible thing. That is never the way to deal with uh, any injustices of the past or what you feel or whatever it is. Right. Uh, and it doesn't matter whether you're white, black, yellow, red. It doesn't matter. The thing is that um, we, we deal with past hurts by coming to Christ or talking to people who help work through the hope that we have in Christ that he can heal and he can. And, um, but the guns themselves are neutral and, uh, people want to make political points with it. They want to try to win over people to their side saying they're for this when really, you know, it's like even our president said, shoot you know i don't know why people don't shoot them in the leg you have been in law enforcement for quite a while yeah tell people how hard that is to do under stress it's extremely difficult number one and then number two is uh what a lot of people fail to realize is we have some pretty vital blood uh, uh arteries and such that run through our extremities so shooting in the leg is actually um a good bit more <laughs> hazardous than than not if you hit the femoral artery you're gone yeah Yeah. 45 seconds yeah so so anyway all that to say that um we just need to pray for the the families that lost people Mm -hmm. and um and you know and and try to be on the lookout there were warning signs there were there were things in this young man's past that should have been triggers for people or flags for people to see how many times has that happened where there's flags out there and people just either overlook them or disregard them. And, and so 
be aware of the people in your life. I tell people all the time, Steve, situational awareness is the best friend you can have. I think one of the issues that we run into is our modern society is we're so afraid to, to have a tough conversation with people. And so when you, when you do see those triggers, you have to have a little bit of courage about you to uh, have that difficult conversation or confront that person. Well, well, that's a great reminder. And, you know, um, and leads to another question for you about, about community and SWAT. You and I've had some tough conversations. Mm-hmm. Uh, you still love me. Absolutely. <laughs> and, and, and you, uh, are welcome to speak into my life as about things as well. I know this, this past week when we were up there, one of the guys that was up there, an older guy, I won't say his name while well, I will Don, uh, <laughs> <laughs> he, he said something to me, you know, because he perceived that I was violating something that I told everybody else to do. And we talked about that. And But the value of having somebody speak into your life, the accountability, is something we completely missed as a culture. Totally. And uh, did, did the Marine Corps help you with that, any? Mm, I don't. I wouldn't say the Marine Corps helped me with that. They helped me. They helped instill discipline in me to, to, uh, well, you certainly got a lot of feedback going through boot camp. Oh yeah. A ton of that. But <laughs> no, I honestly, I think most of, uh, my, my willingness to speak into someone's life has, has come through our faith, um, growing in our faith and understanding that. Um, and I learned this most through my, through my marriage is that constantly saying yes and constantly agreeing, mm-hmm. uh, with my wife does not make me love her more. Mm. Um, that's actually detrimental. And I think the same could be said about our relationships with our other brothers and sisters. Mm. Um, just placating them doesn't them know. It does nobody any good exactly. to let somebody drive toward a, 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 a washed out bridge mm-hmm. at night when you know it's washed out and you see the consequence that's going to happen, but you're too afraid to say something to Perfect. it. Perfect. Yeah, and, uh, and and I tell people all the time, listen, I would rather be thought foolish and say something to you than not say something and have you go crashing off that washed-out bridge. So, um, well, I'm, I'm so glad you're here with us today. If you're just tuning in, we, you're listening to SWAT Radio. SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. And this week, we kind of start off our series on Haggai. Uh, not, probably not spent a lot of time there. I don't know too many people that camp out in Haggai, but there is some good meaty stuff there, and we're going to jump into it during the second segment. But for the rest of the the first segment, I want to I want to address something. Uh, you know, when I'm gone out of the studio, a lot of times I will play best of programs, and one of the programs I played last week was uh, a program of my good friend Tommy Nelson who's a pastor in Denton. He's been a pastor for a long time, I think 40 years. And Tommy's uh, one of the best Bible teachers I know. And I got an email from one of our listeners that really, I I was, you know, I read the email and it just, uh, basically, I I don't want to take things out of context, so I don't want to paraphrase, but um, the, the, the gist of what the email said was that, this person um, did not like the fact that Tommy was talking about his depression that he struggled with and talking about how important it is to see a doctor for clinical depression. And 
they made the statement, whatever he's come to believe that is. And this person equated seeing a psychologist uh, as, as adopting the new gospel of self, self-centered, overly sensitive, easily offended, she, she, or they said. And um, they kind of said it's, it, it's, you know, it goes back to, uh, uh, they said Descants, I think it's Descartes. Uh, hmm. Descartes. Uh, but anyway, the problem is, they said, you just got to trust Jesus. And so my question to that person and anybody else listening is, if you break your leg, are you just going to trust Jesus? <laughs> uh, do you take any form of pharmaceutical medication? I know I do. Yeah. If you take any form of pharmaceutical medication, if you see a doctor for any physical malady you have, what is different about that malady and the malady of the brain? There's there, the, the brain has physio, physiological functions just like the body does. The brain emits serotonin and other uh, things in the brain. And doctors did not know a lot of this stuff back then, but Luke was a physician. Mm -hmm. He treated people. There's nothing wrong with having physicians and doctors treat mental or physical illness. That, 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 that is not denying Jesus as the ultimate healer, mm -hmm. but that's just taking advantage of how God has worked in our culture and revealed some things. Can you overdo that? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. When you start putting all your faith in a doctor, I absolutely agree that's wrong. And when we come back from the break, I'll hit back on that just a little bit. But um, I just wanted to get that out there because, you know, you're not trusting in the world to use a doctor or to use uh, a, a psychologist unless that's where all your faith is. So anyway, hey, we're going to be right back with more of uh, SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be right back after the break. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. SWAT Radio is brought to you in part by Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. is a full-service sales door and window installation company. Both of the owners are licensed contractors and are involved in the daily operations of the company. All of their trucks are company-owned and fully equipped. Their mission is to provide Jacksonville and the surrounding area with door and window replacement services. To learn more, call 904-701-3667. That's 904-701-DOOR. Or online at www.acedoor.com. The Florida-Georgia Truth Network, on the air in St. Mary's at 91.3. I push, I pull, go back and forth, finding myself. Pounding on a locked door, I try to make it out alone without your help. But I know I never win this war. I can never be, never be free without Never be, never be me without you. 
Hey, welcome back to SWAT Radio. Doug McCary of His Light Ministries. And uh, I am uh, grateful that uh, you are tuning in today. And uh, I have my good friend Steve on uh, today. Steve is a battle buddy from SWAT. And he's been around for a while. And I just asked him on the way back if he'd come in. He was with me last week up in Georgia. And he talks about shooting school. We were up there for a retreat and had the benefit of working on what's called reactive shooting and uh you know the reactive shooting is just training to react quickly because the most people out in the world there's you know steve i don't even know how many concealed weapon holders are in the state of florida but there's a ton of them right yeah a lot most people never train with their firearms no and sadly. And, and and the the problem with that is you have a bunch of people who have a firearm that aren't trained in how to use it and going to the range shooting a paper target for an hour is not necessarily training that that's uh they they're reinforcing bad habits most of them and it's a false sense of security yeah and you've gone to this uh particular training twice yep. as a marine and a law enforcement guy how mm-hmm. challenging is it <laughs> it was humbling <laughs> from the very beginning uh from the first trip i was walked away wanting to leave the course at by lunch on the first day um and then even this week uh day one it was a little bit easier this time because i knew what i was getting into but uh it was still no walk in the park by any means it was yeah. very difficult and um one of the the things that we love doing is ministering to the staff yes isn't that a great outreach oh thing it's too? awesome it's a great great benefit and great privilege yeah, to be able, they have a great staff of teachers up there, and uh, the guy who runs the school is is probably, I think he's probably one of the most knowledgeable firearms guys in the world. Wouldn't you agree? That I've ever come across. Yeah, it's just amazing. He's like a walking encyclopedia. Yes. People don't use that word anymore, but no. he's a walking encyclopedia of shooting, firearms, holsters, a cleaning, any anything related to firearms. Yes. I don't know anybody that knows more about firearms. I'm with than that you on guy. that. I'm with you. So uh, anyway, it, it was a great time, and the guys really were encouraged. And what encouraged me was coming back and hearing from some of the guys about how spiritually they were encouraged, mm-hmm. because that's the whole point of it all. So, um, well, I want to go back to this letter just real quick because one of the comments that was made in the letter. Um, says that, you know, it's God who knows the mind, who knows how to change the mind to make it new. That is true. He does. He says, be transformed by the renewing of the mind. They say that in a letter. And who transformed the mind to be that of Jesus? Jesus does. That all is true. But just like he created the body, if you break your leg, you go to a doctor who has the training the knowledge and the equipment and the medical help to help your body heal physically. If you just sat there and never did anything, it could get infected. There's a lot of things. Can God heal you? Absolutely. But it's like the guy who's on the roof in the middle of a flood and, you know, the, the person comes by in a boat. No, God's going to deliver me. Then somebody comes by in a bigger boat. God's going to deliver me. And then a helicopter comes by as the water's coming up to the top. No, God's going to deliver me. And then that person ends up drowning. Yep. And in heaven, they say, hey, 
God, why didn't you deliver me? And he says, I sent two boats and a helicopter <laughs> and you didn't take it. You know, I mean, that's the truth though. Yep. I mean, like, so it's, it's where you look. Jesus was always about the internal, not the external. He was about what's going on on the inside. Mm-hmm. And you and I would both agree, I believe, Steve, that we know Jesus is the only one that can heal. Absolutely. We know our hope is not in a doctor. It's not in a psychologist. It's not in somebody, but it's in Jesus. But he works through people. Mm-hmm. When he told the disciples, go roll away the stone, he didn't have to do that. He could have just said, roll away. But he chooses to work through people. And over time, now, are there psychologists that are into the ego and Freud and all that weird stuff? Absolutely, they are. Those are not the people I go talk to. No. I, I, I'm not talking to those people. I'm talking to believers who have studied the mind, who have studied the brain. They've studied the, the processes of the brain that they figured out over years of research and now have some treatment things that are available that they didn't have back in the 30s and 40s. Just like, you know, even before uh, Louis Pasteur discovered what viruses were, Mm -hmm. people used to die all the time from viruses. Now we have ways to treat. We got antibiotics because of things. So, again, if you take an antibiotic, if you take these things, people used to die from dysentery. They would get a, a, a diarrhea virus and they would die from dehydration. But now we have things that can replenish. We take electrolytes. We know those things. I mean, that's like just saying, just trust Jesus. Don't take anything, which, you know, it's just, I I think, uh, you know, they, (laughs) the person accused us of apostasy. Nobody's here is telling anybody to go against the word of God. Mm -mm. We're saying that, that God uses people. And he's, he's given us a gift of doctors. I have a daughter that had a heart transplant. That's like telling my daughter, we, you know, you're just going to trust God to heal your heart. And if he doesn't, you're going to die. I mean, that, that, that's doesn't make cra- sense. It doesn't make sense when the technology's there. I'm not looking to that doctor. I never look to the doctor. I always look to Jesus, but he used the doctor to put a new heart in my daughter. And so, um, I, I just wanted to respond to that because it was, it's a little upsetting. I think we live in a time today where people get really, uh, agitated about stuff. They, they polarized about things instead of just having conversations. It was accusatory and, you know, we just need to be careful of that, yeah. you know? And, and, and I, I'm not saying I'm right about everything, but I'd, I'd least like to have a conversation. I'm not going to accuse somebody of, of something saying they, you know, <laughs> that uh, they're apost, they're apost, you know, being an apostate, apostate unless they're going against God's word right. in the context. So uh, anyway, I'll get off of that and go to Haggai. So we, uh, Haggai, let's go to Haggai. Uh, you know, in the Old Testament. The last three books, Haggai, Zechariah, and Malachi, last three prophets of the Old Testament. And if you look at the Old Testament as a whole, the prophets are divided really between Elijah and Elisha as the kings. People prophesied before them, but really known as the prophets. When you think of of Elijah and Elisha, you think of God sending these kings 
to uh, uh, these these prophets to kings, they were considered uh, really pre-exile. Um, and then you had um, um, really pre-pre-exile. Really, they were pre- right right before, you know when the first kings were there. But the pre-exile before Israel was put into exile is Amos and Hosea in the north uh, to Israel. And then Micah, wait, Amos and Hosea in the north, Micah and Isaiah in the south. They call these the Ami, Ami, Amos, Hosea in the north, Mm. and then Micah, Isaiah in the south to Judah. And then you have the exile prophets. This is why the children of Israel were in exile in Babylon and Assyria. You have Daniel, Ezekiel, and Jeremiah. And then you have the post-exile prophets, which are Haggai, Zechariah, and Malachi. And the prophet had a job as God's messenger. They took a message that identified the nation's sin, they warned them about what was going to happen, and then they talked to them about what godly repentance looked like. Not ritual, but the heart. Love God, love your neighbor. Walk humbly before God. Seek justice. Care for widows. Care for orphans. God let his people know, listen, you are where you are because I put you there. And this is what I'm looking for. For you to return. Will God do that to you, Steve? Will he will he put us in a place that we don't want to be? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> to uh get our attention because of his love for us. You ever yes. been in that spot? I, th- I think you know the answer to that. <laughs> yeah. I think we both have, <laughs> yeah. right? So in the post exilic prophets, guess what? You don't see idolatry. Like when you're looking at at uh Haggai, Zechariah, and Malachi. Mm-hmm. You don't see them struggling with idolatry like they did with the words that he spoke through the prophets before. You know why? Because when he sent them into Babylon, into Assyria, guess what they saw every day? They saw a culture inundated with idolatry. I mean, they had a belly full of it, man. They were they were they didn't they didn't want to worship any idols anymore after mm-hmm. that. But they did struggle with selfishness, self-righteousness, those kind of things, which eventually we see in the New Testament surfacing through the hypocrisy of the Pharisees, Mm -hmm. telling you to do one thing but doing another, right? And so in in these books that we're going to be dealing with, and by the way, Zechariah and Haggai are like a one-two punch. Um, And and, and so what we're going to see is, he really deals with wrong priorities. Do we have a problem with that in our culture, even within the subculture of the church? Oh, it's it's. I think it's very obvious. Yeah, very we, obvious. We we get our priorities out of whack all the time. All the time. And and you know, God took Israel into captivity for seventy years. You know why seventy years? It's how long it would take them to break their bad habits. <laughs> well, well. <laughs> It's, that's how long it took to kill off the old guys. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, that and there were 70 Sabbaths they didn't keep. He gave basically mm-hmm. 70 years of Sabbaths they broke, so he put them into exile that long. And so what's happening here is now God's raising up a nation of people who've never seen the temple in Israel. They've, you know, they, A lot of them haven't seen the temple. They've never even seen their homeland. They grew up in Babylon. And so... 
Jeremiah warned them, you're going into exile for 70 years, and at the end of 70 years, God's going to bring you out. He says, I'm going to purify you. I'm going to discipline you, but I'm not going to get rid of you uh, because those whom the Lord loves, he what? He disciplines. We know that from Hebrews. Yes. And so after 70 years, Babylon conquered Persia, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, or was conquered by Persia. And God used King Cyrus to send people back into Jerusalem. When we come back, we're going to pick it up there and kind of do a quick history lesson of how they got back and what's going on. What's the backdrop for this prophet named Haggai? His name means festivity. We're going to talk about that when we come back. So stay tuned to SWAT Radio. We'll be right back after the news. know what it is. It's the affordable alternative to health insurance, but you've wondered, can I really save a significant amount of money on my monthly health care bills? And the answer is an emphatic, yes, you can. You can save a lot of money, whether it's just for you or for an entire family. MediShare has an option for you. In fact, the typical family saves $500 a month switching to MediShare. And it really is the gold standard when it comes to health care sharing. You get free telehealth services. You get a huge network of doctors, You get great customer support, and you get the sense of security that comes from being a part of 400,000 people who share not just each other's medical bills, but purpose, too. MediShare is a community of Christians who pull together and pray for each other, which is very refreshing right now. If you want more info, it's so simple. You can get a price within two minutes. Call 844-55-BIBLE. That's 844-55-BIBLE. 844-55-BIBLE. Expect some delays because of a crash on I-10 eastbound at the ramp to the 295 Beltway, blocking the off-ramp right lane. Also, there's a broken-down vehicle north of downtown on I-95 northbound between Lem Turner Road and Gulf Air Boulevard. Mostly cloudy tonight, low 79 Tuesday, more clouds with showers and thunderstorms, high 94. From the Traffic and Weather Center, I'm AJ. If you've been walking the same old road for miles and miles If you've been hearing the same old voice tell the same old lies If you're trying to feel the same old holes inside There's a better life There's a better life If you got pain He's a pain Hey, welcome back to SWAT Radio, Doug McCary. And uh, that was Waymaker. Uh, Chainbreaker, sorry. <laughs> he says them all in the course. I, I, I never know which one it is. My girls love that song. Yeah, Zach, a good one. Zach. Uh, anyway, um, yeah, if you live in the present time, you're in pain somehow, some way, somehow. <laughs> there's, a, there's always pain. We live in a broken world. And, you know, God told through Jeremiah, you're going into exile to the children of Israel for 70 years. And at the end, I'm going to bring you out. And after 70 years, Babylon is conquered by Cyrus the Great of Persia. The politics changed. You know, things happen. Can politics change in our world in a moment? Yeah, they can, and it affects a lot. That's what was going on. God used King Cyrus now, here's what's interesting. I bet you didn't know about Cyrus, this pagan king. Open your Bible to Isaiah 45, Steve. Go to Isaiah 45. And 
if you're listening out there, uh, you're probably familiar with the word Messiah. Messiah means anointed one. It means the anointed king. Read Isaiah 45, 1, Steve. Thus says the Lord to his anointed, to Cyrus, whose right hand I have grasped. So basically, let me translate that. Thus says the Lord to his Messiah, Cyrus. This pagan king, he, he certainly is not the big M Messiah that was coming in the future, but he was a little M Messiah. Can God take a pagan man and use him? You bet. He does it all the time. Time and again. Yeah. He can do it anytime, anywhere. And Cyrus did not want to keep God's people in exile anymore because God had moved in his heart. He wanted to let them go home, work the land, pay tribute or taxes. And so if you go back and we're in the book of Ezra now, if you go back and read in the book of Ezra, that's what that's talking about there. Cyrus gave the decree. Jews can return. 50,000 people left Persia. Not all of them. There were a lot of Jews who stayed there. And they, you know what? They were survivors. They had done okay over there. And they stayed. And you know what we got out of that? The book of Esther. The people that stayed there under Ahasuerus. And guess what happened to those that stayed? There was a man named Haman that attempted genocide of the Jewish people. Those people probably should have gone back with the 50,000. <laughs> uh, but the people that went back were led by Zerubbabel whose name means born in Babylon. Now, Zerubbabel was born in the Davidic line. He was a descendant of King David, which the prophecy said that Messiah would be in that line. And guess what happened? Because he wasn't wiped out, Jesus would eventually come through that line. He kept the messianic line alive during the exile, but he was called governor, not king. And the reason was because under the Babylonian rule, they didn't call them kings. They just let them be like a mini leader. They called them governor. And there was one king in their mind, and it was Nebuchadnezzar at that point. And so, but you got uh, Zerubbabel uh, mentioned in the first part of Haggai and a guy named Joshua, the high priest. So you have a prophet, priest, and king. You got Haggai giving God's words, Rubable leading the people, and the priest was Joshua. Is there another person that you know that's a prophet, priest, and king? Yeah, his name's Jesus. Yes, sir. Jesus. And they led 50,000 people back to rebuild Israel. Now, if we were doing that, let's say they put you in charge, Steve. So you were leading 50,000 people. And you got them back over to Israel. What's the first thing you would do, especially being a Marine, when you get back to this city that's been decimated and level? What would you build first? Probably going to build my uh, security. Build Your my, wall. Build my walls. Yep. You got to build a wall. That's what we would do. Then build the, build the political infrastructure, right? The, yep. the structure. And then we'd educate people. And then we would finally at the end probably build some churches or places of worship. Yes. That would be our order. But God does it just the opposite. He goes in there. He says, the first thing I want you to rebuild is the temple. That's his first order of business for them. And uh, 
And then it's some 60 years later when Ezra begins educating the people with the word. But it's pointless to have freedom if you're biblically illiterate. And that was the problem. You know, I led groups to Russia for a long time. Mm -hmm. And I remember when the wall came down over there, everybody was so excited about the freedom that they were going to have. But you know what they did not have? They did not have the biblical moral understanding to live with that freedom. And so to live in that kind of freedom where you're free to do anything, people would do anything. And sometimes they would do evil things to other people because they got angry with them. That's not the that's not true freedom. In fact, none of us are really free, are we? No. And and there's a reason for that. Who made us? God. He made us. Absolutely. He created us. And so to think that we have that kind of freedom, I use this illustration all the time. You're free to not brush your teeth, but you're gonna have cavities. <laughs> right? Absolutely. You're free if you're driving a train to drive it off the tracks, but it ain't going to go very well. So there's always consequences of our choices. And God has set boundaries for us and a design for us in order for us to operate as his uh, servants, as his priest, and dependent upon him. Every time we go outside those bounds, what happens? got to pay the price it ain't good is no, it you got to pay it's the price it's not good you know there was a there was a documentary on netflix not too long ago and the, the guy that was being interviewed said when i was young nobody locked their doors and everybody went to church now everybody locks their doors and nobody goes to church mm-hmm. ain't that true absolutely yeah so zerubbabel and joshua are leading israel to rebuild the temple now, if you go back to Ezra chapters 1 through 6, you see this unfolded there. But while Israel was captive in Babylon, guess what? Other people had moved in to their space over in Israel. That You know, you had all these people that squatters. were taken. Yeah, exactly. Do we see squatters today? <laughs> They're everywhere, <laughs> right? Uh, and so they occupied what the Roman people called Palestine in that area. And so you had the Ammonites, the Moabites, the Jebusites, my friend Tommy says, the Mosquito Bites, and everybody else. <laughs> and, and so they had settled in. Now just imagine all these people, they're, they've been conducting their life, and 50,000 people come saying, hey, you're in our, our home here. you got to move. You think that caused problems? Oh, I'm sure there's a fight. Do we, have a a pro- do we have a problem today with the same thing? Oh, yeah. <laughs> the Palestinians and the Israelis not getting along. Yeah. So what happened is the Palestinians wrote letters to the new Persian king, who's a guy named Darius, and said, listen, if you let the Jews rebuild, they're going to rebel and not pay you taxes. You need to shut them down. The best thing to do is shut down these followers of Yahweh. Does that sound familiar? You know, you look at our world today, Russia, China, India, Europe, England, Canada, the U.S. Are there people that want to shut down the followers of Jesus? Absolutely. The worst thing that can happen in our country is the kingdom of God is what you hear, right? Yes. Just like Egypt. Remember what people told Pharaoh? 
they forgot about Joseph. If it had not been for Joseph, those people would have perished. Joseph was used by God to preserve those people. People have forgotten, just like they threw babies in the Nile, they have forgotten the Judeo-Christian values of our culture, that the founders of our country were God followers. They followed Yahweh. Were they perfect? No. Mm-hmm. But they're, ne- they're nobody's perfect who follows Yahweh. But they followed Yahweh, and this country has a- experienced over 200 years of blessing to bless the rest of the world. I was with a guy this morning uh, from another country, uh, and he said, you know, this is a great country. I left my country. I will never go back because I can. I, I, I was able to succeed here and be blessed here and have things here I could never have in my country. And I thought, boy, he needs to go speak at every school across the country because there's a lot of young people that take it for granted, don't they? Yeah, they have no clue. So, but... He wrote this letter, and guess what they did? They shut him down for 15 years. They yep. stopped building. And during that time, the people lost their passion to rebuild. It grew cold. They forgot why they were there. Can that happen to us, Steve? Every single day. <laughs> can, can we forget the passion? We start off with this passion to follow, and it just wanes because of discouragement or people, antagonists coming into our life. Yep. Yeah. That's what Satan wants. So instead of rebuilding God's temple, they went to Lebanon. They cut down the best timber. They came back, and guess what? They built themselves some nice townhomes. <laughs> they, they were building their condos, and they forgot about their commitment as young men to the mighty work of God. That can happen to us. We forget while we're here. We forget God's mandate to know God, to make him known to those around us. And when I come back, I want to pick up on that during the last segment and maybe take some calls if you're out there listening. Uh, Again, we're talking about Haggai. I got my friend friend Steve here with me today, uh, and um, we're going to be back just after this break. And if you want to call in, you can call 844-777-7928-844-777-7928. We'll be right back with the last segment of SWAT Radio. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts, and truck rental, and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomnehl.com. 91 FM, the truth. I push, I pull, go back and forth, finding myself. 
Hey, welcome back to SWAT Radio. It's Doug McCure. I just got into listening to that song. I like that <laughs> that song too. That's all about breaking chains, man. Yes, you sir. Know, breaking chains. Um, you know, so the people of Israel, we're in Haggai, if you're just tuning in, and the people were supposed to be rebuilding the temple. That's what God told them to do. But they got discouraged because the people that were there wrote letters to Darius, who was the king now of Persia, and said, these people are going to rebel, and we, we need to shut them down. And so they did. And so for 15 years, they did not build God's temple like he told them. But you know what they did do? They built themselves condos and paneled houses is what they called them, and, and they worked them. And, you know, I believe, Steve, sometimes we get distracted by wealth or when things get tough and we just give up and quit on god's spiritual priorities in our life oh totally and uh or when we get too comfortable yeah we, we, we get comfortable or we we seek refuge in pleasure or in things about us yes instead of doing what god says it's too hard god doesn't want me to do this mm-hmm. and yet we'll be doing something else like they were and so god sent haggai and what god did is he he struck them with drought, mildew, famine, and he turned them face against them. He says, you turn from me, I'm going to turn my face from you. Has there been a time in your life, Steve, where you've turned away from God's uh, purpose out of discouragement or just plain selfishness? Selfishness, yes. Yeah, I, selfishness. I, 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 I think the selfishness is probably the predominant thing that affects us. I mean... Uh, I, I think you and I were trained to push past discouragement a lot of times. We, we at least I, I mm-hmm. try to bully through it, but I get selfish and stop thinking about God's priorities yes. and focus on mine. Um, and that's exactly what was going on here. And God raised up Haggai during this time, who I, I said his name means festival, and Zechariah, whose name means Yahweh remembers, to tell Israel, you walked away from the wrong king. <laughs> you don't walk away from Yahweh. You walk away from yourself as king. You don't quit because it gets difficult, because political climates change, uh, because everybody turns against you. You reach out to God. You ask for mercy and grace when you're struggling. So the people, guess what? They listen to the prophets. They repented, and they recommitted and rebuilt the temple. It's a, it's a success story. I mean, you don't hear How many guys do you know, Steve, that you go to, you confront them, repent, and recommit and do what God tells them to do? It's very rare that I'm, I see that. I'm right. over. I've, I've, never, <laughs> I've never had it happen. So. So, but these two guys, Zachariah and Haggai, have had their names and their messages memorialized in our Bible mm-hmm. so we could learn from them today. You know, Paul said in Romans 15, 4, Whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction that through endurance and the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. Do we need encouragement sometimes when things go south? Every single time. 
Yeah. What about when we choose to do something that causes us to go south? That's even more. Even more. more. Yeah. That's what I was going to say, even more. To know that God can still use us. Isn't that a comforting thought when he sends somebody into our life? Yes. And they, they let us know that even though we've blown it, that we're still of value to him. I, I love that. I, I mean, I can't tell you in my life thinking, and I shared up at the retreat just mm-hmm. in my own life about how I, I, I just can't believe I get to open up the Bible and speak and, and share his truth because of some of my past mistakes, but he's been so gracious to me. And you alluded to that in your own life. I yeah. Mean, it's just, isn't it a great thing to experience his grace? It's huge. Part of the reason I'm still here. <laughs> And that's one of the reasons I wanted you on today because yeah. I love having you around. You're my good buddy, and uh, and we've walked through some things. And and you know, it's not that we're perfect. And I want everybody to hear that we haven't got it figured out yet, have we? No, no. But 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 we're loyal to him, and we don't want to go anywhere else. Nope. And so, well, I want to read the first few verses here and talk about misplaced priorities, distractions, and priority. This is what it says in Haggai 1. In the second year of Darius, I love it when it gives a date like that because it's specific. You can go back and look in history and see when this was. In the second year of Darius, the king, in the sixth month, on the first day of the month, the word of the Lord came by the hand of Haggai the prophet to Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, the son of Jehozadak, the high priest. Thus says the Lord of hosts, these people say the time has not yet come to rebuild the house of the Lord. Notice he doesn't say my people. He said these people. That's not good. Then the word of the Lord came by the hand of Haggai the prophet. Is it a time for you yourselves to dwell in your paneled houses while this house lies in ruins? Now, therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts consider your ways let me just go through this real quick verse one it's very specific Haggai the prophet is through the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel the governor he's not king like I said he's referred to as governor and to Joshua the high priest so these this is God's leadership team for his people and Haggai the prophet is giving the word of the Lord this is not Haggai's word this is God's word And notice it says Lord of hosts a couple of times in just the five verses I read. Fourteen times in this entire two-chapter book, the Lord of hosts. The first time host is used in the Bible is back in Genesis 2, 1. It's also used in Nehemiah and Psalm. And basically, it's the heavenly powers of armies. So the word is Yahweh who's in charge of the heavenly armies. That, I mean, that's pretty big. Yeah. <laughs> if he's saying it, you better you better tune in, yes. right? And he says, these people, not my people, these people say the time has not come. What's their excuse? It's too difficult. It can't be God's will for us to be doing this. So what do they do? They start working on their stuff, not doing what he told them to do. And it says again, the word of the Lord came by the hand of Haggai. Notice the sarcasm of God. Is it time for you to build your own time townhouses? You say it's not time. You know, how many guys have you talked to, or even in your own life, Steve, have you gone through a difficult time? Well, God doesn't want me to do this because it's just too hard. 
I, I, I have you ever known guys to say that? Oh, totally. Myself included at times. Me too. Yeah. And, 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 and God answers their excuse. He says, it is time. He tells them it's time. But, you know, I, I, I say this. It's like guys who can't have a quiet time with God in the morning or come to a 6.30 a.m. SWAT meeting because it's too early. But those same guys can get up at 5 a.m. and go sit in a deer blind somewhere. You know, <laughs> ouch, that hurts. Or go work out at the gym, <laughs> 5 o'clock workout class. Is that a dig? Yeah. <laughs> Is that a dig? But I can't spend time with God. No, you're right. I, I You know, I... I'm struggling to spend God, you know, time with God. I'm just not disciplined enough. The problem isn't discipline. It's being self-centered. We can make time for fitness, for golf, hunting, football, entertainment, whatever you want to fill in the blank with, but not God's word. We do what we want to do. Are you convicted yet, Steve? I am. <laughs> I'm pretty convicted as I'm reading this, right? We make the choice. And thus says the Lord of hosts again in verse 5, consider your ways. You know what that translates in the modern vernacular? Rethink your decisions. How's that working out for you? (laughs) How's that working out for you? You've forgotten me and you sought for yourselves. Mm. Think about how your life has been going. Matthew 10.39 says, he that finds his life will lose it. Galatians 2.20 says, I've been crucified with Christ, it's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. Luke nine twenty three says, "If anyone wants to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me." Those are pretty challenging verses about the selfishness that has to be eradicated out of our life. Now we know only God can do that, right? Right. But every time He surfaces, what's our responsibility? follow respond yeah to acknowledge right first Mm -hmm. and then to say to repent and we talked a little bit about repentance up there in georgia is that repentance means a lot of things to a lot of people it's not being sorry over the consequences that's a small part but it's recognizing really you know what it is it's recognizing that from a biblical standpoint that your selfishness your sin whatever the choice is is not just impacting people here on earth. You're sinning against the Most High God. Yep. Your selfishness is a direct challenge to the authority God has in your life. So when God says meditate on his word day and night, if we don't do that, is that sinful? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, the, the, that's pretty simple, <laughs> yeah, right? Pretty basic, yeah. Yeah. When he says, blessed is the man that does not walk in the counsel of wicked or sit in the seat of scoffers or stand in the way of sinners. His delight is in the law of the Lord. And on that law, he meditates day and night and he will be like a tree planted by streams of water. When God says that in his word and he wants us to be blessed men, right? He doesn't want us to be cursed men. So if we're his, that means the word ought to have a priority in our life. And if it doesn't, What's our excuse? There's only one. Selfishness. Selfishness. And so the only response for that, according to what we read here, is to repent and turn and say, God, please make this more of a priority. Will he do that, Steve, if you ask him? He sure will. He's good about that, isn't he? Yep. He brings all you need. He brings people into your life that'll put their finger in their chest, say, How you doing? Yep. And and we may not like it, but in the long run, 
Wouldn't we, wouldn't we rather a doctor tell us the truth about what's going on and how we can respond to it? I think so. I would, right? I, I totally would. Yeah. Well, man, you know what? It's it's time for our, our program to be over, Steve. Well, look at that. <laughs> we, we covered the first five verses of Haggai. I'm so thankful for Steve. Pray for my brother. Uh, like I said, he's in law enforcement. Him and all the, the guys that serve our community out there. Again, pray for the families of those people that lost loved ones on Saturday in that horrendous mm. shooting on the west side. And um, we'll be back tomorrow with more of Haggai. Hey, if you would like to communicate with us in any way, shape, or form, you can go to Doug at SWAT Radio. That's D-O-U-G at SWATradio.com or uh, at SWAT Radio Talk on Facebook or Twitter. And uh, you can go to SWATradio.com for any past programs. We'll be back tomorrow. Have a great evening and uh, keep that eye on that hurricane.